if you did a public speaking engagement right now and you stood it on the stage and at your podium, you looked out into the audience and there was 200 people sitting in front of you to hear what you had to say, would you think that event was successful or was that event a failure? And I was like, well, I would think that's successful. He's like, well, there you go. You're successful. Maybe you don't have thousands right now, but you got 200 people that listened to an episode. That's phenomenal. Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzcast show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I am your host, Travis Albritton, the head of content over at Buzzsprout, and you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters just like you share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things they've learned along the way. Now, in today's conversation, I get to sit down with the host of Life's Black Belts, Eric Alders. And one of the things that I love talking to Eric is that he was really open about how he balances his life with podcasting because he also owns his own karate studio, his wife works full-time, and they have two uh, preteen daughters that are competitive dancers. So you can imagine all the other things going on in Eric's life, he shares some tips about how he maintains the proper balance between all those different spheres, all those different areas. And I also was really grateful that he shared about why it took him a year and a half to get his podcast started. And it started for him when he shifted his mindset from, I should start a podcast to, I must start a podcast. But ironically, Eric's journey to podcasting began when he got tired of listening to the same songs on the radio all the time. I have uh, really not enjoyed listening to the radio as much as I used to. I feel like it's the same songs over and over again. Uh, I'm not big into reading books, so I started listening to some audio books. And then I actually just started enjoying the fact that I can control what time I was using in the car or at the gym. So I started learning about podcasts and, you know, some friends, my brother turned me on to a few people and uh, started following, you know, I follow about, you know, six or seven different ones. Obviously, the you know, as with everyone, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. I originally was a fan of his through martial arts, of course, with him, you know, being a black belt and also, uh, you know, a UFC commentator. I was already familiar with, with him and enjoyed him. Uh, but then as he started doing these podcasts and having these long um, conversations and, and bringing on so many interesting guests, I started realizing I was learning so much from this um, aside from listening to audiobooks. And I found myself listening to his podcast and some other people I respect as well. And I started just thinking about the fact that basically what I do for a living is, is public speaking. I, I, I've been teaching martial arts since I'm about 17 or 18 years old. I'm 41 right now. So I do a lot of public speaking in my community. Uh, you know, I'd have a dream one day to get in front of larger crowds, but I've guest spoken at my local elementary and high schools in front of Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, and all sorts of other people. And anytime I have a chance to speak to a group or even in just the daily classes, um, you get a lot of feedback over the years of people feeling that they've really connected to you. They like the message that you're giving them or their children, or will tell you that you're really good at explaining things and that you should do this more often. And then I started hearing people say like, you know, you should get out there more and do public speaking or do podcasting. And I started thinking about it just a little bit deeper. And, um, 
basically my thought was that I, I get to meet so many interesting people as an instructor, um, people that you might judge a book by its cover and think that they, they have a certain type of a life because you're seeing at the point they're at currently in their life, maybe they're successful, whatever it may be. But then as you get to, into conversations with them, you learn more of the human side of their story and you, you start to realize there's some amazing people in this world that you don't really know about because they maybe they're not rich and famous and on TV all the time, but yet they have these incredible stories and incredible journeys to get where they got to. And I thought it's a shame that you don't really get to hear about, you know, quote unquote, the everyday people. Uh, it's always the focus on, you know, the rich and the famous all the time. And I thought it'd be really interesting to bring some of these stories forward and utilize, um, you know, the skill set from, you know, years of just teaching martial arts and, and so on to, to conduct some of the interviews and guide the conversations. And I thought that the the concept of comparing the journey in your martial arts journey from white belt through black belt, and we can go deeper into that, but everything that's needed with that, the overcoming of adversity, the uh, ability to face failure over and over again and accept that failure is a part of your growth, to at the start of things look up at black belt and think that that's the end all be all, that you're going to be perfect when you get there, but you just realize at that point when you reach the level, you just really have a good foundation from yourself and the learning has to, to continue. I thought that if you if you look at life, it has a similar journey that it follows uh, from beginning standpoints of knowing nothing to gaining expertise in different areas of your life, but always dealing with so many different um, categories in your life from family and work and business and how you balance this all out. So I thought comparing the journey of life in martial arts um, would be interesting. And then I thought speaking about the, the black belt in martial arts, comparing that to as you face these struggles and adversities and you start to persevere through life, you're almost like a, you're, earning your own black belt in life. You earn your stripes and you, you move towards that that higher rank. And, um, you know, this, the, the quick summary of what got to go, and then there was followed by about, a, you know, a year and a half of hesitating fears, and, you know, we can go into that, but, you know, it took me probably from the thought in my mind to pulling out a notepad a, a good year and a half before I actually had the courage to, to move forward. So what were some of those uh, maybe doubts or anxieties before you pulled the trigger? Because if you, I mean... Uh, teaching consistently and, and doing public speaking, um, I think most people listening would think, oh, well, if you're already doing that, then it should be a no-brainer. Just turning on a microphone should be easy. But uh, but I guess maybe expand a little bit on like what were some of the things that you had to overcome to, to eventually pull the trigger and start? Sure. So I think that's it's comparable to anything new in life. You know, when I face this with my own students, when someone walks through the door and they think they're too old or they're too out of shape or they're too far behind and that they'll never get good. And the fear of not doing well, I think, holds a lot of people back. And I think that's the same with me. It's the fear of, OK, I, I'm comfortable with what I'm doing, but this is still something new. Will I, will I be good at? Will people listen to me? Oh, and by the way, I don't know anything about podcasting as far as the technical side of how do you host a podcast? How do you get listed? Um, what type of microphones do you get? So actually, you know, how to do a lot of, you know, research and digging and trying to answer all of those questions because I think uh, whether it's a fault or, or a positive trait, I like to dot my I's and cross my T's a lot and I like to really make sure I fully understand what's happening. I guess that's the martial arts mind to really analyze and, and fully feel confident what I'm doing and I feel when you when I had doubt in my head I was able to make the excuses that I would never start this because I may not be good at it it's going to be too hard it's going to take too much time where am I going to find the time in the day how am I going to balance this out with everything that I'm doing already 
And it was the consistent excuses that constantly held me back. Even though I would share it with some family and friends, like, hey, I'm thinking about this. So I started kind of putting some feelers out there. And everyone was like so supportive, like, you absolutely need to do this. This is something I think that you're going to be really good at. And I still couldn't. I still couldn't get the courage to do that. And, and to be honest with you, the significant thing that stands out that was the catalyst in changing this was teaching class one day. And I was talking to kids about um, facing their fears and setting goals and overcoming failure. And, you know, kids were asking about moving to that next rank into black belt. And, and I just started saying to them, well, what, you know, how do you get as good as you are? And, and, and what secret tips do you have? And I'm like, listen, the, the tip is that you got to show up each day. And you just got to get started. The hardest thing is to get up off your couch and walk out the door and just do it. Everyone's got dreams and visions, but you guys, honestly, the secret is just take step one today. Don't worry about step 30. Just get started. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to make excuses. And you have two options. You could either have results or you could have excuses, but you can't have both. And I had an out-of-body moment at that, at, that, at that time, and it was like me looking at myself, teaching a whole group of people, mentoring and leading them, basically smacking myself in the head virtually like, hey, idiot, what are you doing? You're teaching these kids about something, yet in the back of your head, you know there's something that you want to do that's new and scary. You're, you're feeling the same thing that they're feeling. Why don't you lead by example and just basically you know, put up or shut up and just do it? Forget about all the the ins and outs of the technicalities that you'll be good at it or you won't be good at it or people will listen or they won't listen who cares just give it a shot see what happens what are you going to lose and and that's basically uh a little bit of what held me back and and what got me to finally take a step forward i think a lot of people listening to this can absolutely relate to that and it totally resonates that the unknown is kind of scary because you're not sure you know if you put yourself out there if you try it you you feel like you're almost putting a lot of eggs in one basket and if it doesn't work what does that mean about me does that mean that I'm a failure that I internalize that as part of my identity and it can be a big hurdle for people to be willing to uh, not just start a podcast but really put themselves out there and make a podcast that's uh, resonates with what who they are as a person um, you know it'd be one thing to make a podcast that's like talking about something you don't care about or there's no risk. But it's another thing to talk about the things that matter to you, not knowing how people will receive that. Um, were there some points initially where, as you started either putting out episodes or interacting with listeners, that uh, you started to get some feedback that kind of clued you in that, okay, this is, this is actually helping people. And you know this is kind of validating that, yes, I do need to focus on this. Uh, more and more. Did you have any kind of interactions like that? Yeah, I definitely did. And then just to, before I get into that, your point about us all feeling this, uh, you know, podcasters and people alike in general, I think just as, as humans, we have this significant need to feel like we belong, we fit in, and, and to, to, to feel recognized and to feel like you're not you know, on the lower level of the tier when everyone else is kind of surpassing you, there's always a fear of not being able to, to, to do your best. And I think that, you know, what you brought up, we could all relate to, but, um, anyway, answering your question more specifically, I I had a, of course I would speak to it first at the, you know, who I had contact in front of me, family and friends. And I had a few, uh, of 
parents that I didn't even really know paid attention to, to me announcing, oh, by the way, I have a podcast now, kind of just brushed it across. And I had a few parents that were telling me like, listen, I was driving home from work. I have this commute every single day and I'm always listening to the same stuff. And I'm always depressed by listening to the news and watching TV. And there's nothing like just positive to listen to. And listening to a couple of your episodes really made me think about things that were going on in my life and made me start to reflect on some goals that I have for myself and, and feeling you know, this person's, cause you know, I've had some people on that are not known at all. I've had some people on that, you know, people would be surprised that they've reached such a, a, a level of recognition and they have the same human needs and fears that we all do. And having a parent just kind of relate to me one-on-one that it, not only did they enjoy the positive content in it, but they enjoyed the fact that they were able to connect with these different people. They didn't know in their stories and connect to the journey. And that's kind of what my whole goal was that, no matter what the expertise of the person that I bring on is, that's cool, but it's really not the the, the fundamental uh, foundation of the show. It's really supposed to be more about the person and the journey. And whatever your goals are in sight, we all have to follow those same paths here. No matter what you're going through, you're going to be dealing with multiple things in your life at the same time, figuring out how to balance it all out. And of course, if you're starting up a podcast, hopefully your goal is to put your best foot forward and and always present your best to people. Um, so that was one example. And then the other one that, you know, because you do, and we can go through this, but, you know, you still have doubts um, when you're looking at some of your statistics and you don't see as many people listening and, and you know, should I do this? Should I not do it? I think that's the other fault we have as humans is you want results immediately. So um, I do a lot of internalizing to try to, you know, balance the ego out a little bit. But having some guests on that were interviewed many, many times, whether on podcasts or they're a little bit more famous and they've been able to be interviewed many, many times, listening to their feedback after the show telling me that it was one of their their favorite interviews and they really appreciated not just answering questions on what they're most known for but that I actually cared about who they were and they really felt that it was a really important thing for them when they actually listened back to themselves in the interview and answering the questions I gave them reminded them about some of their mindset and goals in life and felt like it put them back on track. So the fact that even a guest was kind of commenting that way, as well as the parent, um, is you know, it keeps that little spot in the back of your head of like, maybe I'm onto something if this person feels that way. You know, maybe there's many other people out there that, that if they had a chance to hear the show would, would feel the same way. Yeah, I think it's so important to have some sort of outside positive reinforcement because it's so because e- I mean podcasting is a very lonely activity uh, when you're <laughs> planning things and creating outlines and editing episodes and trying to get your show notes just right it's it's just you in front of a computer and so there's lots of time for those doubts and insecurities to just kind of rattle around inside your head and having those kind of outside sources of reinforcement that yes this is a good thing yes it is meaningful yes it is impactful I think just really helps uh, ma- helps you kind of lit pick yourself up in those moments of doubt or those low points where you're not sure if, you know, you want to continue trying to, uh, to, you know, reach your goals. Um, I wanted to circle back to, uh, the fact that you own and run a martial arts studio and that you've been doing martial arts for, I'm guessing most of your life. How is, how is that impacted or shaped your perspective? Cause I know that you talked about approaching your podcast as an opportunity to have unfiltered, positive, meaningful conversations with people. Is that directly tied to your experience in martial arts or 
does it come from somewhere else or kind of where where did that uh where did that start for you yeah so i i i've been in martial arts since i'm about uh, eight years old and I, I think I mentioned earlier, I'm 41, so 30 some odd years in, in training. And I actually earned my black belt in 1995 in, in a mixer of martial arts styles. So uh, it's been 20 some odd years post that. And I've, this is a, just to prove a point again that I, you know, getting a black belt and then 23 years, 23 years later, looking back and realizing I've grown 10 times over from that guy who on that day thought he reached the highest level possible. I look back at that now and I had no clue, um, you know, what was still ahead of me. So, um, you know, being in martial arts your entire life, it, it's, it's a, the thing that attracted me about it and what I love to pass on to others, it's a very individualized um, sport activity, you know, method of training because it, you, you, you still get the team atmosphere of being a, a, in a group of people and having partners and socializing, but it's a little bit different than team sports where the unit has to all work together to, to succeed. What I liked about martial arts and sometimes didn't like is that my successes, I had to own those and my failures as well, that if, if I didn't succeed, it was because I didn't put enough time into it. And if I failed, it's because also if I succeeded, it's because I did the right thing. And if I failed, it's because maybe I didn't put enough time into it. And when you're constantly focusing on improving yourself and figuring how not only how to coordinate the the, the athleticism that's needed within your body to do some of these techniques to develop the conditioning, but also to develop at the same time the mind and the spirit that has to all go together. So what people may get from yoga uh, mentally and physically is is a part of martial arts. What people get from, from playing chess and strategizing is a part of martial arts. What people get from working out and doing CrossFit or whatever it may be, for me, it kind of encompassed all of these different categories to stimulate me and continually... Uh, force me to push to continue to be my best and it's one of the few activities in my life and there's other things that I'm that I'm good at it but it's the one thing in my life I've never given up and constantly pursued and and was decent at was was good at early on so I guess again what you mentioned about needing that recognition it helps early on when you see the results that you're doing well when you're getting acknowledged by your instructors and your classmates that you're doing well you, you learn that pretty much by just paying attention and you start to realize that, hey, let me double down on this. This is something I have a skill set for. I think the 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 confidence in doing the podcast, the ability to to stand in front of a group of people and, and have a conversation uh, eased over the years of experience. And I think that definitely has played a role in the confidence of pulling up a guest that I may know nothing on and be able to, to, to hold a conversation for an hour without, you know, re- reading any notes or having any formulated questions. Uh, and then for my students... Uh, I, I really want them to to be a martial artist. I, I, I pride myself in not being a belt factory. Uh, as you mentioned, I own a, a school. It's called the Karate Dojo um, MMA and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Jackson, New Jersey. And I pride the students on not just going for the belt and the rank, but being a martial artist is a lifestyle. It's about learning to become the best that you could be in life, no matter what you do. So if you're sitting down in that chair in school, be the best person sitting up and paying attention. I want you to be the best brother, the best sister, citizen, child, whatever it may be. Whatever you do, do your best at it. If you wake up tomorrow and you feel like you're 40% and that's all you got to give, I expect you to walk in the door and give me 40%. That's one aspect of it, but also I want you to give back to your community. I want you to lead in the community. I want you to be a mentor. So we've done... 
a tremendous amount of charities over the years and, and literally raised tens of thousands of dollars for a variety of causes. And, and, and was, you know, it was very nice. We got acknowledged by the mayor in town twice and they, they had a whole proclamation for, for all of our charitable work. So by consistently, not just talking, but, but, but showing and leading by example, by getting ourselves involved in our community and helping them out has always made me feel attached to wanting to, to play a positive role in people's lives. But it's been very limited to the mat or the local schools in my community. So I felt that podcasting may be a way to deliver some of the insight and philosophy and 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 skill set and ideas that I formulated from years of as a student, years of teaching martial arts, where you're also like a guidance counselor at times to people, mentoring people of that are younger than you, that are older than you, and everyone in between, and trying to take that to a larger forum. So it was a tremendous catalyst to answer your question and and doing the podcast and why I want to do the show that I'm doing. No, that's really cool. And and the reason that I ask is I'm always interested in kind of the backstory of uh, how people that eventually go on to start podcasts get to the place where they've kind of developed a, a, a psychology and a mindset that translates into the content that they create. Um, that if you listen to podcasts, you kind of get where someone is in a moment in time, but it's often the, the years of experience prior to that that kind of led them to the point where this is the person they are and this is why they're creating the show or the podcast or the episodes that they're creating. Um, so I think that's really cool. And I'm actually really curious because you talked about how you own your and run your own business. Um, does your does your wife work full-time as well or she stay at home or kind of what's your home situation? Because I know sure. most podcasters have other things that they have to be responsible for on the side and and so i'm actually curious about your your home life and how you mix podcasting with all your other responsibilities yeah yeah, it's a great question absolutely Uh, my wife is a full-time employee she actually is a store manager of starbucks um she was promoted to manager last year she runs actually one of the busiest stores in the entire mid-atlantic from washington dc through you know pennsylvania um, in Seagirt, New Jersey. So it's like a beach town. Um, I also live right by the water. So she gets a lot of not only in summertime, the busiest season, but throughout the year, she's also like an outdoor shopping mall with real fancy stores as well. So, um, she is super busy and runs a, you know, a, a couple million dollar store and is part of a huge, you know, billion dollar company and has that. But we also have 12 year old twin daughters, um, so the, the, it's always been a constant balance of, of work and, and family life. And we just always seem to do a lot at the same time. I don't know if it's, it's, it's our thing, but when there's a lot going on, I'm like, sure, let's add podcasting and all these other things to it. But we're, we're, we're that type of people that we want to always, you know, continually be growing and pushing and trying to provide our children with the best life possible. I mean, to give you an example of, of that chaos, uh, my wife got pregnant with the twins, and she gave birth in September of 2006. I opened up my martial arts, my, excuse me, my martial arts school in January of 2007. So I was a father for four months, uh, brand new. At, at that age, my my girls were born. I was 30, and they were born. And four months later, I opened up a brand new business with my father behind the front desk to help me out. No one to help me teach classes. And if you know anything about raising children, it's tough. And when you have two of them at once, especially when they're born and they're, you know, four and five pounds, they sleep like every hour and a half. 
So I, I spent the first three years pretty much not knowing what day it was and, uh, and teaching every single class and losing my voice and, 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 you know, just running myself into the ground, but it worked. Cause at that time, most of my classes are in the evening. I would still go in in the afternoon because, you know, Unlike some, what some people think, you don't just open the door, turn the lights on, start teaching classes, and the business runs itself. There's a, a full-time business to run with marketing and advertising and, and so on. So it allowed me the morning to be with the girls. And at that time, she's also been a dance teacher for her entire life. So at that time, she would teach morning dance classes, then come home. And in the afternoon, I would then leave and I'd go to work. So she'd have them in the evening. And then some evenings, if she'd teach dance um, in the beginning, there were certain nights I wasn't open or family would try to step in and help us out. So we, um, it worked out great that we were able to save money on daycare, but we were basically two ships passing in the night constantly. It was like, you know, Hey, you got them for the morning. I'm back for the afternoon. High five. I'm off to work. You got them, come home, pass out, do it all over again. Um, so, you know, fast forward now, the girls are 12 and, and full-time competitive dancers. My wife is obviously with, with her store, super busy with me and a business and, and the school for 12 years is busy. So, you know, throwing podcasting into it was part of the fear I told you about. Will I have the time? And my, my thought process was, you know, if I, if I have an hour or two to spend on my phone or whatever else that we do, uh, you know, to pass time, uh, I can actually utilize my time and actually try to put some positive stuff out there and, and, and contribute in, in a way that uh, I'm not able to, to, to enlarge, uh, you know, a much larger audience to listen. So, um, when I found out that if I just kind of balance my time out and choose the mornings and afternoons that my wife normally, again, because I work at night, will work in the mornings. My daughters are in middle school, so they're out the door early in the morning. So I try to set up a lot of the podcasts in the morning to very early afternoon. So that usually it'll end sometimes. And while it's processing, I'm then running to school to pick the girls up, take them home, feed them, and then um, head to work and teach for the entire evening. So I try to, you know, not devote uh, it's still being brand new, just a couple hours a week to it, to, to do one episode a week. Um, and then I find that it, it, it fits decently well into the schedule, although there's been, you know, life incidents, of course, where I've had to rearrange things from time to time. But of course, if you have any other questions uh, personally or business or anything like that, feel free. But hopefully I answered it as best I could for you. No, I think you did a very thorough job <laughs> covering all the bases. Um, so you talk about kind of managing your schedule well. Every every decision you make has an opportunity cost. It's not only should I do this, but should I do this at the expense of something else that I could be doing. And so it sounds like you kind of sacrifice maybe some Facebook scrolling or some Netflix time to do the podcast instead of taking away from quality time with your family. Is that true? Yes, sir. I mean, I think that um, you're also always trying to better yourself and 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 make the most use of your life and make sure you're just not wasting away. I whether you're looking at friends and family members that pass or you're thinking about your legacy as you get older, you want to try to just do your best to to just utilize your time the best way possible. And I think spending too much time realizing it on, on some spots and again, coming up with an excuse if I don't have time for it, it's like, no, really, if I look at my day a little bit and I look at my week, it, it's pretty easy to find the time if it's important. I think the thing that has to change, and I'll say this to students as well, there's a big difference between a should and a must. If you should lose weight and you should go to the gym or you should do this new thing or that new thing, it often doesn't happen. But when you when you must do something, it's amazing as humans what we're capable of, okay? So, you know, if I said to you, I need $5,000 by Friday and you're like, Eric, there's just no way I could do that. 
And if I said, well, you, you should get that to me, there's no motivation on there. And if I said to you, you must get me $5,000 by Friday, or you're going to lose your car, your house, your bank accounts will be completely drained. I think you would figure out a way to make some phone calls and do what you needed to do to find that money. So again, when you focus on, I must do it, it gets done. And when my mindset switched from, this sounds like something I should do, it sounds like it would be fun. When I could switch my brain to, you you must give this a shot, same way I approached the martial arts school. I had opportunities at that point to become a manager at Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, excuse me, I was a manager at Ruby Tuesdays. I had an opportunity to become a store manager. At the same time, my father owned a retail uh, sales marketing company for 30 years, and he wanted me to go in the family business. So I had an opportunity to pursue those paths, but I had a lifelong dream since I was probably 12 or 13 years old to own a martial arts school. And at that moment, I decided that either I never do it and live in the regret that what if, or I give it a shot and I fail at it, but at least I know I, I made an attempt at it. And I kind of had the exact same approach with the, with the podcast, like do it, do it to the best of your ability, try it for at least a year, see how it feels, but just, just go for it, make it a must, make it happen. And as soon as that mindset switched, everything came together. And before I knew it, I had a podcast and you know, 25 episodes later, here we are. What do, you, what do you think is so unique about that simple switch of turning something from, um, perhaps I do that, I'll do this, or I know that I should invest in this, but you know maybe at a more convenient time, to really making it more almost like a survival instinct kind of instigating activity? What is it about that that is so critical for people or really helps people get over the hump? I think your mindset is everything. Your inner thoughts and your inner dialogue is everything. Like your ego plays a role in your life every day. Either your ego is boosting you up one day, telling you how amazing you are and what a great citizen and husband and friend you are. You're the best. You know what I mean? You're funny. You're hilarious. You're awesome. And the next minute, your ego is telling you that you're awful, you're horrible, everyone's better than you, and you should just basically stay in bed all day. So I think learning to navigate the map of the thoughts that enter our mind and learning to live in the present moment and control that a little bit is a big help. But I think the that a lot of people will say, it took me 20 years to lose weight or it took me 20 years to stop smoking, whatever it may be. It's, no, actually, you decided that in, 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 in one moment. In one moment, you made that decision. Once... Um, and I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, so he talks a lot about everything in life breaks down to pain or pleasure. All decisions we make break down to those two things. At the moment that the, the pain of not doing something is higher than, than the pleasure of, of, of the opposite, that's when change happens. It's you, you, you have to, if, if it's food to use as an example and you want to lose weight and it's whatever food is your thing, whether it's the, the carbohydrates or it's the, the sugar and the candy and the chocolate, the, the pleasure of that, once that pleasure is switched with the pain of how you feel or the pain of looking in the mirror, once that pain is larger in your life, you'll make a change. So I think it's really just kind of sitting down with yourself, whatever activity that you're trying to pursue, whether it's podcasting or whatever goal you have for yourself. I think you really have to zone in and focus on what you really want from your life and try to attach to the emotion of how it would feel if you already had it. So visualize yourself if you want to be a podcaster, sitting down at the microphone, interviewing guests, you know, 
feeling like that show is absolutely what you're supposed to be doing, interacting and, and your audience members really, you know, buying into what you're what you're putting out there and making sure that you're, you know, doing the best job possible. I think once you take um, that mindset and you also attach an emotion to it and it changes your state a little bit, I think that's when you just you literally just have to have that enough is enough moment, whatever it is in your life, you have to decide right now, I have to take one step in action towards this step. Don't overanalyze it. That's why I told you one of my faults, overanalyze every step. What if this, what if that literally the key is just taking one step forward today and that just focus on that. Don't overwhelm yourself, you know, treat it like a puzzle, you know, one piece at a time. I think that's very insightful. (laughs) No, I think that's, I think that's great. And I think it's so, it's so important to, to almost be able to like kind of psychoanalyze yourself at times and try and figure out what is what is really holding me back how do i kind of push myself beyond my comfort zone and take the leap of faith and and do it in a way that i know is going to be purposeful and intentional um and not just like a reaction to a really bad day but actually move forward in a deliberate fashion towards what i want my life to look like in the future and and i think that's cool that podcasting is kind of a piece of that for you that it kind of played out in that way that you had that moment where you said, no, I really must try this, even just to say that I did it and I gave it my best shot, even if it didn't go on to be this uber successful, you know, Netflix acquired series or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually curious about uh, what your goals are for your podcast, because I know a lot of the conversation around people as they get more and more serious about their podcast is trying to figure out, well, how can I potentially turn this into a part-time or full-time income? What are some different things that I can potentially pursue to try and grow my audience so I can monetize it and sell Casper mattress ads on my podcast and things like that? Um, so I'm curious kind of what your goals are for the podcast and what are the things that you are looking at to decide if you want to continue doing it past the year mark that you kind of set up for yourself? Yeah, I think the first thing is trying to get a hold of my thoughts running wild again, because I think a lot of us have a thought of I'm going to start a podcast and then I'm going to be Joe Rogan next week. Um, and then we don't get those results right away because, again, your ego comes into play. And when you do go forward, you're like, OK, I'm out there. I'm doing it. I'm going to be the best and everyone's going to love me. And if you don't get that recognition right away, it could be, again, a blow to your ego and then you don't feel so good about yourself. I think the goal for me right now and then I'll talk about what what is next. But the goal for me right now is just appreciating and being grateful for what I'm doing, and the opportunity to to have you know whether it's a skill set or not to be able to conduct these conversations and try to put some positive content out there and just enjoy what I'm doing. I don't currently right now want to have a deep goal of I have to make X amount of money by by so and so point, otherwise I'm not a success or I have to have a certain amount of listeners. Right now, I don't want that pressure on myself because when I do think down that road, then all that negative part of my ego comes in and makes me honestly want to want to stop sometimes because I'm like, oh, you could be spending your time maybe on your business a little bit more and, instead of those couple hours on the podcast. It's not um, the re- the returns not giving you anything right now. You know, there's the the business mind in me coming out. So I had to shut that guy off a little bit and say, well, I enjoy this. I'm having fun. People seem to be enjoying the interviews that I'm interviewing, and if a few people listen to it, that's cool. Um, there was a few moments during, you know, the last few months that I was like, I don't really know. I'm talking to my brother about it. And he's like, uh, you know, Eric, you're looking at it the wrong way. You're concerned that this episode had 200 people, you know, listen to it and you're looking for thousands. 
And I'm like, yeah, it's not really that successful. I'm like, I mean, I can't get advertising until at least, you know, I get over a thousand or hopefully 10,000 listeners one day. So, you know, what's the big deal? And he's like, well, listen, if you did a public speaking engagement right now and you stood it on stage and at your podium, you looked out into the audience and there was 200 people sitting in front of you to hear what you had to say, would you think that event was successful or was that event a failure? And I was like, well, I would think that's successful. He's like, well, there you go. You're successful. Maybe you don't have thousands right now, but you got 200 people that listened to an episode. That's phenomenal. You got people in a couple of countries around the world. All right. It was one person, you know, one person in Australia listened to me and there was two people in New Zealand and a guy in Pakistan listened to me. All right. Maybe that's not a lot of people out of the billions in the world, but hey, you know what? They didn't know who I was before podcasting. And before that, I was confined to four walls. And now I potentially have a worldwide audience. So to, to not want to quit and to not want to give up, I'm just trying to, to to live in the moment and just be appreciative that I'm doing it and that I followed through on something. And I, I learned something about myself of being afraid and not wanting to try something new and overcoming that. So I think the the uh, the activity of going through that process in my mind and, and getting over that hump uh, was something that I had to go through and, and, and podcasting might have just been the venue in the moment to pursue that. But obviously, of course, as a businessman, and of course, I'm in a very physical sport, so my body won't hold up for this forever. I mean, I'll be maybe that old man, you know, walking around with a cane on the mat one day. But um, it's always nice to have different uh, forms of revenue coming in. And if I, uh, a lot of people or things that you read, you'll you'll learn to try to utilize whatever skills that you have and figure out how can you capitalize on these skills over and over again. So thinking about speaking as a possible skill. I thought that maybe the goal of podcasting would be uh, a few things would possibly allow me an opportunity to promote my martial arts school and let people know that I exist, even though it's a very local thing. No one's really going to come unless they, they live nearby. But that was a part of it. I think a goal of being able to get a point to, to have advertising one day so that I could um, feel that one part of satisfaction of, OK, I've reached a point where I'm putting enough good content out there that that a company actually buys into that. And wants to support that, and I could then, you know, have that conversation with the wife that will say, you know, why are you wasting time on a podcast? Sometimes, other times, you know, say, you know, it's cool that you're doing that. But if I was able to show her that I was earning income from it, that would be a phenomenal goal. I think also doing it to add something um, to my resume. So I, I do want to do more public speaking one day. So if I just say, hey, I'm the martial arts school owner and I want to come talk, that doesn't always get you in the front door. But if I'm the martial arts school owner and I'm also a podcast host. Maybe that helps. Maybe through learning all of these different conversations with people in my background, another thing in the back of my head is maybe one day I'll write a book about how to become a black belt in life. And then maybe the podcast, my, my business and a book could, could all work together and helping to, to, to elevate, um, you know, what I'm trying to do. So a goal of eventually making money one day, still having fun at it, interviewing some really cool people, having some cool conversations while it fits into my life and everything else I do. So it's not too overwhelming. Um, a goal of it being so successful one day that I could actually have someone do all the work stuff, all the promoting, the marketing, the emails, the follow-up, the setups of the interviews, and someone could just sit down with me and go, okay, here's the person you're about to talk to. Here's uh, five bullet points. That's pretty much all I need. All right, now go do what you do best. Uh, that would be a phenomenal goal. Um, maybe getting recognized one day by by people that I look up to and respect and thinking that what I'm doing is good is just to, to be completely honest and transparent. A lot of people won't say that. It, it feels good to be recognized. It feels good for someone to tell you that they did a good job. So, you know, I don't do it to please people, but if that was a part of the process, that would be nice. 
And um, I guess the ultimate dream would be to, to, to interview Joe Rogan or vice versa, to be interviewed by him. Not that it would ever happen, but to me, visualization in that moment would be the epitome of a full circle of who kind of motivated me to give it a shot and actually reaching a point where this person knows me and wants to know a little bit more about me would be a, a huge uh, accomplishment. So there's, there's my list of, of goals and dreams with this. Well, I appreciate your candor <laughs> and your willingness to, to, be, to be open about that. What I think is really cool and what I picked up on, and you can, you can let me know if this is not accurate, but you seem to do a very good job of pulling on both ends where you are really focused on just enjoying the process and just enjoying the journey of podcasting and interviewing people and having fun with it. But you also have aspirations. You also have things that are inspiring you that you know maybe you may or may not achieve, but they're really cool things to think about and dream about and think, wow, that would be so cool if I got to the point that I had an advertiser. It'd be so cool if my podcast had the amount of influence that I could launch a book to complement my business or, you know, whatever these kind of moonshot or, or big goals are that, you know, really inspire you and drive you and motivate you. But it's not like an all or nothing thing, right? That if you don't achieve those goals, or if that doesn't happen in, you know, the next several years, you wouldn't see this as being like a failure. You wouldn't see this as being like, oh, I shouldn't have started podcasting or I shouldn't have done it because I didn't get on Joe Rogan. That you're, right. you're you're kind of pulling from both ends, so that no matter what happens, the outcome is going to be positive either way. Is it is that accurate? Did I did I yeah. paint that absolutely? Paint that well? I'm trying I'm trying to enter it that way because if you enter it with um, very specific goals and, and deadline, you need goals, you need deadlines, you need all that. But when you're not hitting the points of success, whatever that means for you on your timeline it could be overwhelming and disappointing but going back to my martial arts training and background you get disappointed constantly you fail constantly it's something that you have to stop fighting and accept as a part of the process the failure doesn't make you look bad the failure makes you better you know one thing that you again you say to the students or I'll say to the students all the time is well you know what's the difference between the master and the and the white belt well, the difference is that the master has failed more times than the white belt has ever even attempted. You know what I mean? I'm the guy that's that's tapped out the most on the mat. That be that person, be the person that's shown up and failed. You know, in the middle of a match, if you're, uh, you know, whether it's grappling or sparring, if you're up with someone that is such a high level above you, and you just feel completely overwhelmed, and, and, and it's and it's a it's a metaphor for life as well. You know, if you're ever in these situations where you feel completely overwhelmed. And going back to the opponent part of it, I have two ways to approach that at the end of the match. Either one, man, this person is so good, so talented, they're light years ahead of me, I'll never get that good. I'll never be like that person. I just won't have the time, the energy, the athleticism, whatever it is to be that good. Because they're looking at that person's success now. You're not looking at the journey it took to get there. We always look at the end result, not not the path, not the middle of the story. We always look at the at the end of their story, whatever it may be. Or your other thought process is, man, this person is so good and so talented and so much better than me. If I keep doing this, I could be that good one day. And it could be the same thing in life. If you're going through whatever you're going through and it feels completely overwhelming and, and you see people around you succeeding and doing so much better, 
It's a normal human nature to look around and compare yourself to others and go, all right, well, they're better than me. I'm not at that level. Therefore, I must not be good. Therefore, I must stop. Or keep doing it because it's something you believe in that you're passionate for. Forget what everyone else necessarily thinks about it. If it's something you believe in and that you love, go for it. And I believe if your heart's behind it and you're sincere and your intentions are good, that this can't necessarily be a sprint. This may need to be a little bit more of a marathon. And if you decide after a year or two years, again, I I gave myself a goal to analyze in April. What happened over the last year? Was this good? Was this not good? Do I keep going forward? Do I not keep going forward? Either way, I've put some stuff out there. I've put a little bit of a legacy out there. I've, I've brought in some conversation and, and some bits of information and insight from, from teaching uh, throughout the interviews with the guests. So, um, I, I think that's the, the, the path that we all need to just try to be on is not to overwhelm ourselves too much because either that won't get you started or it'll make you stop prematurely. No, I think that's spot on. I, th- I think it's great that you have that when you first committed that you said, all right, I'm going to do it for a year. And even if I don't like it two months in, I'm going to commit to the full year because something might change. It might, there might be a turning point or an inflection point where all of a sudden I really start to enjoy this where if I had given up early on, I would never have gotten to the point where I could experience this level of fulfillment or purpose or you know whatever it is. Um, and I'm curious, as you look back... Uh, on your journey in podcasting, I know most people would say that they made plenty of mistakes and there were lots of things they wish they knew when they started. Uh, was there anything that you would change about your journey, though? Because I know that there's a difference between making a poor decision or you know spending money on something that was absolutely worthless and uh, wishing that you could change that. Because often it's the lesson that results from the mistake that leads to the growth that you end up experiencing later on. So what, is there anything that you would change about your podcasting journey so far, if you could go back? I'd say if I'd have to go back, no, I wouldn't change it because I didn't know anything then. So I had to go through this process to learn what I, what I know now. So maybe if I was to you know, educate or mentor someone else in the process, I'd, I'd give them my insight on some mistakes that I've made. But again, I was held back by the fear of not knowing about audio editing and podcasting and all that. So not feeling confident in that was really the thing that was was most holding me back because I want, you know, again, as that black belt mindset, I want to give my best. Why put myself out there if I'm not giving people my best? And the things I was afraid of happened. Um, I... You know, I would do an interview and think that the the audio was attached to my microphone and the audio was actually attached to my laptop. And I'm wondering why there's an echo. Why does it sound like I'm in the middle of a, of a hall? Uh, you know, the guest sounds better than I do, and I'm and I'm the guest and I'm the host rather. Um, not knowing editing properly in the beginning and sound levels and and listening in my car and like having to turn the volume all the way up to like 30 to hear what I had to say. Or on the other end. The the interview was at the perfect volume, but my intro and outro I didn't realize had to be leveled as well. So I almost blew my eardrums out, you know, and probably anyone else that heard those first couple episodes by the super loud intro and outro. And you know, I look at some mistakes that I feel like I may be making now. I look at other podcasters and how they do their show notes, and some people are just like so organized and it's so bullet pointed, and it's they they take what they want to say in such a nice like little catching like uh, summary to to really kind of you know you know to, to hook you in and make you want to listen to show and I think because I'm I'm an instructor yeah, maybe I'm, you could tell I'm a little long-winded sometimes so 
I try to to put what what I felt about the episode and what I got out of that. Sometimes I look back at those um, you know those show notes and on the summary of the show, and I'm like maybe I'm maybe I'm overdoing it right now. But again, I don't want to have that hold me back and say that I would not do that because I feel like. In my very first episode, episode one, which was my first action, was me not having any of this nice equipment, pulling out a microphone, no, no pop filter, none of that, no headphones, and just, I literally had no idea what I was going to say, I just hit record, and just kind of said, just, just start talking about what you think the show's going to be about, and during that, I had said, there's probably going to be technical errors, I'm going to make mistakes, that's okay, that's why I'm doing this, it's okay, I'm letting you know that you can get out there and do something, and you don't have to be perfect, you know, come on the journey with me and watch me progress. So as you listen to the shows, I hope that my questions get better. I hope the audio gets better. I then started doing some, the first, you know, 10 or so or 15 or so, I didn't do any video. Then I started adding video on YouTube. And, you know, there's so many more things I have to learn about how I would, you know, do video in-house and, and, and do my show notes better or figure out how to advertise or promote better. But I don't think I would do it over again differently. I think if I was to do anything would be to give, you know, a pat on the back and be like, it's, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Because looking back at these mistakes now that I was so overwhelmed by what if, I look back at it and go, well, I, I recovered. I moved on. I made another episode. The world didn't end. What was I getting myself all worked up for? It was, it was in my head, really. So, you know, okay, I made mistakes. You're perfect. No, I don't think so. We all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Accept it. Move on. Learn from it. That's life. Amen to that. Uh, well, Eric, I really appreciate having you on. I feel like as much as we talked about podcasting, we get to talk about life as well and just how to navigate life and, and, and live an intentional life. So I really appreciate your your vulnerability, your honesty, and your willingness to share. Uh, I love to end our interviews on a fun and uh, somewhat quirky note. So uh, this last question you could take it however you want. But uh, in this scenario, you have a time machine and you have the opportunity to go back to the day before you launched your podcast and give yourself one piece of advice. What would you tell yourself at that point, knowing what you know now? Um, it would it would just be you got this. You know, the bit of advice, keep it short and simple and remind myself about the multiple times in my life where I doubted myself and persevered through it, overcame the adversity. And again, what I try to tell the students all the time is that if you could if you could earn that next rank, especially if you could make it to the rank and have the discipline to reach the rank of black belt, you could accomplish anything that you set your mind to. So just the words of encouragement to myself that you've you've been through so much more in your life that this is just one other step in your journey and this is not a big deal. Go for it. You're going to have a blast. If you enjoy listening to unfiltered conversations that uncover the mindset and philosophy of impactful people, then make sure to go and check out Eric's podcast, Life's Black Belts, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you wish that you could be featured on a future episode of Podcasting in Real Life? Well, you can. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes of this episode and you can submit your application to appear on a future episode. And if today's episode inspired you or resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. All you have to do is leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought, and that will also help us reach more podcasters just like you. But that is it for today. 
Thanks for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.